0: Thank you for tuning in to the Drive Like a Mother podcast. I am your host, Ivy Harris. Our guest today is my dear friend. She's one of the most tenacious women I know. She's a mother, the co-owner of iTape LA, where they offer self-tape auditions and coaching. She's also an Emmy-nominated actress. Please welcome my dear friend, Crystal Lee Brown to the Drive Like a Mother podcast. You live in LA. You're an actress, we've seen you on Black Lightning, we've seen you on Uncle Drew, we've seen you on Hidden Figures. Tell us, tell us your story. How did you decide on being an actress?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, Well, that goes back to Philly, you know. Um, Growing up in Germantown, watching people, the characters that, you know, I grew around, up and around, um, studying people, I remember my mom used to always have me watch the Sunday matinee that used to come on TV. It was like always an old movie. So it was a Sunday matinee. It came on like at three o'clock in the afternoon, I think on like ABC or something. And I used to watch old movies with my mom, like The Bad Seed, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, Imitation of Life. I saw that for the first time when I was like five. I didn't know what I was watching. Um, but that, that time in front of the television, you know, watching characters, and obviously that migrated into the shows that we grew up on. Um, And then I had a friend that was going to Freedom Theater at, at the time, and she invited me to one of her plays that Freedom Theater was doing, and I saw the play, and I was like, oh, I wanna do that, I wanna be an actor, I wanna be on stage, I want people clapping, I wanna move people. And I told my mom, and she went down to Freedom Theater, and she signed me up, and they said, okay, your daughter's gonna have to audition. So freedom theater, then you had to sing, dance and act. And I didn't know how to dance. I didn't know how to sing. I just was like, I just wanna do what my friend was doing. And I got, and they gave my mom like a little piece of paper with like three lines on it. She got to remember those lines and know her audition. She has to perform those three little lines. And I was petrified. I was so scared. That was the first time I allowed fear to cripple me. And I always go back to that time because I still think about that time. Like, had I not allowed that fear to set in right right then and there, I who knows where I could be career wise, because I wound up not auditioning for Freedom Theater because I was so scared. And I didn't tell my mom until like the day of.
0: Wow. And she's like,
1: Yo, you know, your appointment's and I was like, I don't wanna go. I don't wanna go. She's like, What do you mean? And back then it was twenty dollars to register your kid, you know, back in the eighties, that was a lot of money. It sure was. And my- talking about you don't want to go I didn't pay my money and And I was crying and scared and my mom was like I don't believe you are not going to do this and I said no and she said fine fine don't ask me to sign you up don't don't come back around saying you want to do it and I never did it but I always wanted to do it so I, I that moment was a turning moment for me because I can identify the first time I allowed fear to stop me um Uh, so then, you know, went to school and once I got to Temple, um, did my minor was like theater. So I was doing like theater stuff and then moved to New York. And when I moved to New York after graduation, I was doing off, off, way off Broadway, like way off Broadway. I was nowhere near Broadway. I was in Harlem somewhere, uh, doing theater. And, you know, all of that just came rushing back in for me to like, you know what? I really, I should really pursue this. I should really pursue this. But I was doing journalism at the time. I went to school for sports journalism. So I was in New York working for the NBA. And I was like, I got my dream job at the NBA, but like I got this other thing that's like pulling on me. Yeah, so um, it's like your heartstring. So it pulled on me for like five years. And then I said, you know what, I got to move to LA. I'm going to move to LA to pursue this full time. So I left my job at the NBA and I moved here. Wow. And I've been here ever since.
0: That's awesome. I, I never knew that story. I also never knew yeah. you, you worked in you worked for the NBA. Wow, I never knew that.
1: Yeah, I worked for the NBA for about five years. So all my all my jobs were in sports. So when I left uh, Philly, well, I used to do all my internships for all the sports teams in Philly. So I used to, I for the Eagles, the Sixers, the Phillies. I was Don Tollefson's uh, intern at Fox 29. I was his sports wow. intern. I used to log Philly games and be in the locker room alongside him, watching him interview, you know, the Allen Iversons and all those yeah. that we came up with. So, and then I was an intern for Beverly Johnson at CBS. So my, my background was just journalism and sports. So when I got the, when I went to New York and I worked for NBA, I did that. And then I worked for the arena football league as well. So nice. yeah, my whole background was sports.
0: But in your background has been entertainment, right? Like, so in essence, so
1: NBA, I worked for NBA entertainment. So mm-hmm. I worked for the entertainment department right. at NBA. And it's so funny because we were watching as everyone is watching the last dance and Michael Jordan's last. All star game, I worked that game with the NBA. Wow. So I was there. And when we were watching, I was looking, I was like, I was there. Oh my gosh, do I, I see, see me? me? Do I see me? Yeah. I, I remember those highlights and stuff. So that was a part of like my other life when I yeah. worked in sports. So yeah, a good throwback.
0: So you've been in LA for a long time. You've seen like 15 years. 15 years. So you've years. seen it, you've seen it progress. You've seen influencers come in. You've seen, you know, um, social media kind of like, you know, changed the face of who gets hired because there's so many people. So can you talk to us about like how social media and Hollywood has changed over the years as far as, um, like, like how social media has changed the game as far as actresses getting on? Like, is there like, if you have so many followers or, or,
1: yeah, So, you know equity. when when social media first came out. I mean, you know, I think when I first got here, it was MySpace. We all had MySpace, and then Facebook came, and I was like, "What's this Facebook?" And my friend was like, "You got to get on. People are on there." So I literally remember making a Facebook account, and then like ditching MySpace, and it was all about Facebook. Um, And at the time, because it was more social, your friends and family, you know, it didn't click for anyone there then to. Put your business on there in terms of like your profession and use it as a tool, you know, for your businesses. So we were just connecting and all of that. And then it migrated into this bigger thing. And then I think I was late joining Instagram. I don't even know how long I've been on Instagram, but everything was late because for me, social media and being online wasn't something that I was seeking and it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Even now, I rarely post. I can swipe all day and I can like, but posting something about that for me makes me a little bit like, eh, I get it. You have to do it for your brand, for your marketing and all of that stuff. But I'm still not 100% with it for your business is valuable and for your marketing tool as an artist, you know, if it wasn't for social media, so many people wouldn't know about, A lot of actors and entertainers and influencers, because they wouldn't have the platform to showcase themselves, Um, right? So I I, I get the business side of it and how useful it is. What gets muddy for me is that whole follower thing that you mentioned, right? Like, oh, you can lose a job if this person has a million followers and you don't. It's not about talent, talent anymore. Yes, talent is in there somewhere, but the quick fix is the followers because if I'm promoting a project and you got a hundred million followers to follow you to my project, it makes sense. So business-wise I get it, but a lot of times projects can suffer when you, you know, want to go that route and be about who's popular now and you know, who has the followers. Um, so, but you know, I'm proud of everyone, anyone that can get on and make their money and create a life for themselves and whatever vein of entertainment that they're doing it. I'm not the one to get upset about it. Mm-hmm. But for me, it doesn't drive me to put myself out there as much as A, I should, and B, as other people do. Mm-hmm. Right? I was just listening to a friend today, and he was saying, you know, build yourself up in secret. So then all that building and that work that you're doing in secret, God will elevate you and everyone and the masses will see you because mm-hmm. if I'm want to be in movies and films and all this stuff, you know, why would people want to pay to come see me if they can see me for free, just going online? And I was like, yes, that's say true. that, but you know,
0: you I mean, are anyway, though, you, you're a very like a uh, quiet storm person. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're celebrating. Oh, we're celebrating. You know, it's like you, it's almost like, um, you know, it's like you, people who don't know you and don't know your journey and how long you, you've been working at this will probably mm-hmm. say, oh, my gosh, she she made it overnight. Right. Because oh, no. you don't document every single thing.
1: Yes. Yes. And I document it journal wise, I document it for myself so then I, you know, I know my progression. And on a platform like this, doing an interview and talking, then you're like, "What? I didn't even know that about you," right? Mm-hmm. So I like those organic moments because I watch people interviews for that same reason. There's so many things that I don't know about my favorite artists and entertainers until they are having a sit down one-on-one with someone and then they share. Right. You know, so it's like it's so much as human beings, we're we're made up of so much, you know, stories and 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 things that happen to us in our life and everything that like you can't possibly share everything of yourself online. It's There's not so, enough time. You can't yeah. catch up. No. If I started from day one,
0: that's right. You know, so
1: I like the doses. You I know?
0: agree. I like I agree. the doses and just the highlight. Like you know, I, I like I like telling like the highlight. I like um i i like reading about inspiration you know i also like reading about people's stories like of course everything isn't going to be like a high all the time but i can appreciate the non-emotional you know uh trend of of like you know highlight reels and stuff because it makes you feel good like oh my gosh look at them they're winning you know, a lot of people, you know, they're they're sad, yeah. they're mad, they're angry, they're they have all of their emotions on Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. or or whatever social media Ooh. platform, and that's just, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't I don't feel like that does anybody any good, I, I
1: you know. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, you know, when people share, and I'm grateful for those who share because a lot of times when people share personal things or inspirational thing, it hits me, and I'm like crying. I'm yeah. like, Oh my god. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so transparent, you know, and and that's easy for a lot of people. But a lot of people aren't there to just, you know, put it all out there. Right. right. You know, to each his own.
0: So how do you balance uh, acting and family?
1: It's a juggle. Yeah, it's constantly rotation. It's a constant rotation. You know, I'm grateful for this time that we have now because it allows us to stop. Mm -hmm. It allows us to slow down and really take a look at what we have and who we have in our life and how important those things are. Because prior to this time, you know, we were it's like a hamster wheel just going, 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 going. Everyone has a schedule. Everyone has, you know, something to do, how to make it all work. And for me, I've been doing that juggling act for the last my daughter is nine the past nine years, you know, um, calling on the village yes. when I need the village, yes. my girlfriends, my close you know, friends to help out, you know, um, so, and it's hard because once the momentum in my career started, you know, in terms of me working consistently, it got really hard because I had to leave town yeah. and then I wasn't here. Yep. and then i'm leaving my husband and my daughter yeah and then i'm trying to you know make sure that i at least cook three meals that they can have the first three days i'm not gonna be there like all this stuff yes. and recently this happened when i had to go away for a job and it fell on the same weekend as sydney's um annual class camping trip ah uh. and family thing all the families go we go up to the mountains and it's the whole weekend, and we go feed the llamas, and we go. It's just a whole camp, wonderful bonding for the families and the kids. And I booked a job that I had to leave town, and I really was going to decline the job. I was crushed. I I, I listen, was surrounded. I like I know, you you're know crying. I was boo hooing, yeah. and then I had to tell her, and she just lost
0: it. Oh oh my god And
1: i was going to pass on the job and you know hollywood is like my my manager was like uh so what are you gonna do are you saying yes or no because i have them on the phone because if not they have to go recast now i can't be the unprofessional actor no to leave a production hanging because i'm boohooing about a camping trip that's going to come back around next year but it hurt me so bad as a mom to have to choose that, I felt like I was choosing the job over my family. Yes. You know, oh. and it was hard. It was so hard, and I, I cried and I cried and I cried. Oh my! But God. you know, those are those are the type of sacrifices that we make. You know, and that was my new. I'm not even talking about the huge sacrifices that we make as moms and you know caretakers of children, but it it hit me like that was the first time it really like
0: right hit up. That- that mom guilt yeah I know it's it's serious but at least you're doing something that you love right like mm-hmm. to and to get that mom to like encounter that mom guilt because so many of us are in jobs that we don't want to be in and we still have the mom guilt so I yes. mean at least you're following your dreams and mm-hmm. and you have it right but at the same time you can think long term and say it's unprofessional to leave you know this production I have to mm-hmm. think long term this is you know this is my job. Right? Yeah. So I, yes. mean, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're, we're all going to go through that mom guilt as moms, you know, mm-hmm. there's always going to be something that we're going to have to, you know, some big decision that we're going to have to make that, that affects your family in that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that came right after another job made me miss the first day of school for third grade. So I was like, I missed first day of school, Cause I was out of town on a job and then what a month and a half into the school year, this other job came. So I was grateful for the work. Yeah. But so then I felt like horrible. I was like, I already missed the first day of school now I'm missing the camping trip of all times. Like, you know, so yeah, it was, I'm oh. like tearing up right now. Just thinking about it. Cause I was I just, just so devastated. I, know. <laughs> I,
0: know. I was devastated. Oh my gosh. So tell me this, what has been your favorite role so far?
1: Oh, wow. Um, actually, a role that has not come out yet. And the trailer for it just dropped today on Showtime. So if you go to Showtime Instagram page, um, I will have to post this today. Yeah, oh, I, I want to repost it. Um, yeah, I did a, sh- a show that's coming out uh, on August, in August, August 9th, called The Good Lord Bird with Ethan Hawk. And... I can't even talk about it. Like, I can't even give it away. Like, watch the trailers called The Good Lord Bird, um, The Star Ethan Hawke, and just working on this project was, it transcended everything that I thought I knew, every, every job that I've had so far, even though I'm grateful for every job, but this role really changed my life. Wow.
0: Changed, yeah. That's amazing.
1: It changed my life. So
0: so when you get attached to a role, like are you sad when it ends? Like do you have to like sit in it for a little bit? Do you have to like yeah. peel off the layers? How does that work?
1: When, you're, when, you're, when you have a role that's, death, that's super deep, like this role on this show, um, uh, Ethan Hawke plays the abolitionist John Brown. So it's based in slavery, you know, during slavery time. Um, I play a slave in this show. So just to jump and feel that as a black woman, our ancestors, our history, our culture, that took me totally to another place, space that I never had to go to before in any role. Um, So that part of the work was life-changing. So coming out of that, was hard, yeah, because you 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 know you immerse yourself in that world. your emotion you immerse yourself in your idea and only your imagination of what it could have been like, regardless of how many history books we read, how many documentaries, how many right. slavery movies we watch. you know, we would never know as a people what it felt like what it looked like, what it smelled like, Um, we would never know. We would never know. And the fact that we would never know the thousands of other stories that we would never hear of of what our ancestors went through. So mentally going there... Oh, overwhelming. Was overwhelming. Yeah, it was. And I just was like... I you know, you can't get it right. Like, cause you don't know. You only can just put yourself there and right. imagine uh, what you would have felt. Right. You know? Yeah. So, uh. so, yeah. So when you come out of that, it's hard. You can't really, because yeah. it's so in you and it's already in you culturally. Right. right? The, as a black woman, as a, as a black person, it's already in you. It's ingrained in our DNA. Right. So to allow it to live the way it has to live to service the role and then walk away from it, you can't because it's always going to be in you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it
1: took it took a minute to re- to release um, to, to release. And and what's also interesting is as an actor and I've studied and went to 50 million, you know, my my training is so immense that they never really teach you about letting, letting it go. You, you learn about becoming the character and becoming the role and all these tools to do to, but you don't really learn about how to leave a role, how to walk away, how to let it go. And we see that in, you know, uh, Joaquin Phoenix role in Joker and, um, yes. the other Joker, I can't think of his name in the past, um, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Yep. you know, they living in these characters and there was no they couldn't separate it right it's true so you know it 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 trickles into your life
0: it's yeah it's it's deeper than deep like oh my gosh mm. i couldn't imagine like being in those shoes and walking in that life like that would to me i would still be like crying i would still be crying <laughs> about the experiences that i had to walk in their shoes to do you know, mm-hmm. in whatever capacity that may be, because we all know all of the stories that we actually do hear about slavery times, and it's just like mm-hmm. it's, it just hits you so deeply and painfully that you're like, what? Like, I, I can't even go there. You're like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even think about yeah. that for too long because you get you get upset. You know, you get angry.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Girl, so I wonder, if, like, 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 do people get maybe people get therapy and and that kind of thing to work out what's inside you know
1: i'm sure yeah i'm I'm sure you know that hasn't been my experience but i would think right the longer you're in a role especially you know actors who are in this is a television show so it was just one episode it wasn't a long time shoot for my character right so You know, imagine living with a role like that for five months Mm -hmm. because you're shooting a movie
0: Yeah, and you're
1: breathing that thing and you had six months to prepare Right. and then you're shooting for five months and then you go into post and then you have to go promote the thing and do interviews about the thing like you are constantly living
0: in it. Well, I can't wait to see the trailer. I'm going to go right to Showtime and repost the trailer. Um, just to get a glimpse of, of what, what it's going to be about. And then we're going to watch your episode. Um, all right. So let's talk about the business of being an actor and actress. Like what, what's Mm -hmm. the behind the scenes? What do you like, what do people have to do to get booked and be, be a successful, um, actor or actress? Yeah,
1: definitely training. You know, there's a lot of people, talent is talent, but you still have to have training. Um, so if I was given advice, I tell my actors you have to constantly be doing the work. You have to constantly be learning your craft. This is a craft. It's a muscle. Any great athlete, artist, they are constantly practicing, right? LeBron is in the gym. We've seen, you know, with the Mike Doc things that we didn't even know about him. We're like, "Oh my god." Right? Right? You have to constantly be working on your craft. Um so constantly being at work i'm still in class i've been in class all year wow now i'm on online class you know because you can't it it never leaves you you Mm -hmm. have to there's always new things to learn. Right. Um, so the business side of it is making sure that you know your craft, number one. And then, you know, knowing what your what, what is it that you naturally, what's your, what's your purpose? Why are you even doing this? Why are you even an actor? Um, because if you don't know, they don't know. And if you don't know what your essences are and what you exude, you can't walk into any room and expect someone to figure you out. You know, so your confidence and all that is a part of your business, you know, your, your, your technique is a part of your business, your marketing, you know, your headshots and all that stuff, the networking. And I, I, I strongly believe in it's not who, you know, but who knows about you, right? Because those are going to be the people who vouch for you, who root for you, who say, Hey, I know somebody Mm -hmm. that can do this. And that happened with me. Um, when for the show that I got nominated for an Emmy for, a friend called me and was like, Hey, got a friend that's doing this project. I thought of you. He needs somebody to play his sister. I'm going direct. I just said, What time you need me to be there? What time you need me to be I had no idea that this show, this role was gonna land me an Emmy nomination. Like that's I just said yes. I mean so- Understanding when to say yes and when to say no is also part of your business as an actor because I just turned down an audition like two weeks ago and it was a major name, producers, a major network. But when I read it, it's like, "Mm, yeah, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. I don't want to portray myself like that. Mm-hmm. Acting or not acting, you know. So you have to say no more than you say yes as an as an artist because you have to know where you're going. What what is it that you want your career to look like? Wow. Um. Yeah. So that part of the business is is crucial to know and understand because you'll get out here just trying to get put on, right? And you'll do anything, right? And once it's taped, once it's on film, it's there. It's done. And that's another thing about. The media, I said, "Oh my goodness! I'm so glad this wasn't around when I was coming up. Right? Can you imagine the, the videos that yes. <laughs> would be popping? up? Girl. it's insane. It's so you know, true. so once you, once your image is captured on film and a camera, it's there, and you have yep. to be proud of your work. Yep. It's you know, so I'm not saying that I didn't do things I'm not proud of. I mean, I'm I was never in a compromising position or anything like that. But I'm like, oh yeah, that was really bad." my right. acting was bad or whatever, you know, but it's, this, it's, it's, it's how you learn. Yeah. So then, you know, when to say no.
0: Right. It's true. It's true. That's a really yeah. good point. Um, so let's talk about rejection. So how ha- has rejection made you stronger and how do you do it? Like, do you use it as fuel to get better? Like, how does it, how does that work? How do you handle that?
1: I definitely use it as fuel. And, you know, in the beginning, when you don't get a call back or you don't book the job or, you know, you're trying to get an agent and they're like, oh, we're going to pass at this time. You feel like, you feel like you're not enough. You know, you feel like, well, what is it about me that you said no, or what am, what am I not doing? Right. But as you go through that phase, you also learn that, Oh, I just have to keep going. Right. Yeah. Because I, I I appreciate all the no's that I've received in my journey thus far, because if, without those, I wouldn't have gotten the yeses that I got. And every yes that I got, I'm proud of every credit that I have, big or small. Right. Because they're fun movies, they're inspirational movies, they're this, they're that, whatever it is. But I go back and I look at projects that I audition for and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't get that, right? Or yeah. something like that. So, so the no's definitely strengthening you on your journey and you need that mm-hmm. because who wants to always, you know, hear yes and then you feel like I don't have to do any work. Oh, I'm just going, people just keep saying yes to me. I don't have to do anything, but just show up. No, you still got to do the work. That's right. You still have to do the work. So it pushed me more to do the work. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not good enough. Then I need to get back in class. Yep. I'm oh, going to be great. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, my, my marketing isn't right. My headshot isn't right. Oh, I need to save my money so I can invest in a photographer that really can capture my essence and not just pay my friend who got a camera $100 to take my headshot
0: because mm-hmm.
1: I'm trying to money. Like, no. Right? Investing in yourself. So the nose make you invest in yourself more. Mm-hmm. So I'm- for them.
0: That's good. That's all great. Mm. Those are tips. So I'm hoping that everybody's writing that stuff down because if you want to become an actress or if you're in the field, these are the tips. So um, I just wa- want to segue into I Tape LA.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so talk to me about that because these are the things that you're teaching other actors and actresses.
1: For sure, for sure. So um, with the vein of casting, majority of casting, especially now, is you have to self-tape your audition at home or at a facility that tapes. So I was getting a lot of auditions from my agent in Atlanta, because I also have a agent in Atlanta. You know, Atlanta is like the Hollywood of the South. So because I don't live there, I was getting all these self-tape requests. This was about seven or eight years ago. So it, self-taping was still fairly new. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a little camcorder and a, literally this corner right here, this corner right here is where I've booked my last 10 jobs. So this is the backdrop that I use. This is this is iTape LA. I'm literally standing in iTape LA. And um, <clears throat> I booked Hidden Figures sitting right here. I booked Bessie sitting right here. So I I had to start learning this self tape world. And it's very technical because auditioning, you can be the best actor in the world, but if your technical skills aren't right, if your auditioning skills aren't good, you're never gonna book the job because you gotta audition first. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing that and I was taping a lot of friends and that turned into a business. One of my friends was like, you know, you're taping a lot of people, you should just turn this into a business. And I was like, no, because then people had to come to my house and I don't want people to come, you know, it was like this whole thing. And then I said, OK, I'll try it. So I, I invested in myself and I updated all my equipment and I bought the top of the line camera and the ring light and all this stuff. And the trust people, the whole is not who you know, but who know about you, because I was taping so many people and people were booking from my coaching and from my tape, word had just started to travel. And I had, I just made an Instagram page for iTapeLA probably the last three years or so, but I've been taping for like seven years and I never had to promote because I, the clients were just coming, but because, you know, you want a page and all that, that's how that started. So I tape LA grew from me having to always tape myself and taping other friends and then it grew into a business. So now I tape a lot of people. That's and awesome. I coach. So it's a coaching and self-taping uh, service that I provide for my actors, for actors like myself, because it costs money to tape.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And You know, actors, unless you're on a show, you're not making a lot of money. Right. So you're, you have to constantly be spending money and investing in yourself in order to produce a product. So I teach actors how to produce their own self-tape, what your self-tape should look like, how to book the job. Yeah. Because they're booking you straight from tape, wow. you know. So yeah. it has to be good. It has to look like I'm watching you on television. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's that's awesome because I can't even imagine like acting out a scene and there's nobody, there's nobody right here. But that's like you said, like that's what you have to do.
1: Yeah. And I'm the reader. So they they're here so I'm reading with them as the other character. But you have to create the world. You have to create the life. You have to create the environment that you're in. Mm -hmm. Or I don't. They're not going to believe you. Yeah. You know, and so people seize your tape. It's not just the casting director. The casting director calls you in for the audition. You submit a self tape. They like it. Then they send that to the director and the producer. They like you, then they send you up to the network, to the studio. And then you have to get the network approval. So there's so many different players.
0: Yeah. Layers and tiers. Say
1: yes For you to get one line on a television show. Wow. Yeah. ABC has to say yes. Netflix has to say yes. So it's the chain of command. So your tape has to, you know, it's it's being seen by so many people that can say yes, that have to say yes. So you can't turn in just anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You have to be believable. Sell it. Wow. Yeah. Now, Mm -hmm. tell me, has Sydney gotten the itch?
1: Oh, yes. For sure. For sure. So it was interesting because me and Sydney booked couple commercials together. That's awesome. So when she was younger, we were doing the commercials and then once she got into school as a parent, I didn't want to become like a momager and her missing school because of, you know, because we're in Hollywood and so many parents do that, you know, these kid actors, they're being homeschooled and all that stuff. But I just felt like education was more important and I didn't want to push her unless she says yes this is what i want to do but she sees me all day long going over my scripts so she's my little helper she knows how to run my camera she hits record for me she reads the lines with me i'm taking her to school if i have an audition and she's literally reading the lines and i'm reading my lines so she's all in and, That's amazing. and she, you know these kids they're actors anyway because they're so they're so innocent and there's their imagination is just on a thousand and they're operating from their real emotions and their real instincts and their real impulses. And that's what acting is. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to live truthfully as an actor, you just watch a child because they're free. They're like, there's no, they haven't lived long enough to have those stipulations that we as adults have on us. Right. Yep. Where we're afraid and judgment and all these things. They're yep. just like doing yep. their thing. Yep. Um. So, yeah. So she's definitely. And I turned her on to a couple of. Uh, Shows that, you know, we all watched growing up. She binge watched the Cosby show. She's like the biggest fan. And, you know, it was about the lessons in that show as parents. Right. So I'm constantly pausing it like, did you hear? Uh Uh-huh. What? Right. So. uh, So, yes, she totally enjoys it.
0: Oh, that's great. That's awesome. So does she sign up for the plays at school?
1: Oh, yes. Actually, just before the shutdown, she got cast in uh, w- uh Chocolate Factory Willy Wonka in the Chocolate mm-hmm. Factory as yeah. the Bubblegum Girl. I don't know the girl name. Oh, that's awesome. But she's done like three plays at school, so she loves it. She loves it.
0: That's awesome. All right, so what is like gives give us your b- biggest piece of advice for people for moms who are looking to or moms who are looking to get into the industry or moms who are looking to get their child into the industry? A big piece any any piece of advice you have to
1: give to them. Be patient and only push your child if they want to do it, you know, because you see, you know, I go to auditions a lot and I see kids at the audition and, um, you know, some kids don't want to be there. Some kids are like, do I have to? Mm. And the mom is like fixing their hair and go, just do it. Right. And now you're like putting your desires and all that in turn on your kid when your kid just want to go home and play and ride their bike. Yeah. Um, but, you know, ask your child if there's something that they really want to do. And if they have the knack for it and they show interest, then, you know, allow them to enter the business. But it's a it's a huge job view of the parent as well, because you're the the momager of your child, mm-hmm. you know, um, and learn so much about the business. Because so many parents want their kids to be in, the, in it and they don't they don't know. How much of a process is it? How much of a sacrifice it is? You know, you have to be on set with your kids. Your kids got to have teachers on set and all that stuff. So it's a whole day. It's a whole production. Oh my gosh. It um, sounds like it. But yeah, yeah. And I work with kids a lot. So I see it. I see it. You know, I see yeah. moms wanting it so bad for their kids. Yeah. Or I see kids wanting it so bad for themselves. You know, and then you get locked into Disney or Nickelodeon, whatever it is, and then you're in. And then, listen, you make great money. Yeah. You save for your college tuition or whatever it is that you want to do, but you have to really want it. You have mm-hmm. to really want it.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Crystal. Um, you are a great friend, and I really appreciate you. And I look forward to seeing you do amazing things on a big screen um, mm-hmm. and, and just keep living. Keep living for all of us so we can keep rooting you on. Getting those wins for us and I love you. I love you too. I love you too. I can't wait.
1: Congratulations. Thank you. Drive like mother. Right. Mm. We all driving like a mother
0: out here. Gotta drive the like
1: win.